Hello, beautifuls. Welcome back to Her Sexual Space Podcast, Summer Sprinkle. I am your host, Janice Leonard, LPC and sex therapist in Texas and Colorado. We are excited to announce that my recording platform from day one, Zencaster, has become a new sponsor to the show. Check out the podcast discount link in our show notes and stay tuned for why we love using Zen for the podcast. Today, we have Shamari Brissett. She'll be our guest for our summer sprinkle. Um, what that is, you know, of course, we're off season, but there are some things I just want to get out before we get into the heat of summer. So Shamari Brissett is a relationship and intimacy coach specializing in empowering women to get the confidence and pleasure they deserve so that they no longer settle for lack of satisfaction in relationships. Shamari is also a marriage and family therapist that has been providing counseling services for nearly a decade. She started Shamari Lab LLC, Relationship Intimacy Coaching Services, in 2001 with intentions to serve more people because she believes that everyone deserves real confidence, relationship satisfaction, and unlimited orgasms. As a sexual assault survivor and modern woman and a therapist, Shamari combines her personal and professional experience to best serve her clients. Welcome to the podcast, Shamari. How are you today? I'm good, good. It's early, but I'm good. I'm excited. It's Friday. <laughs> yes, me too. And I'm so glad we're having this conversation. So today we're talking about friends with benefits. It is not an uncommon relationship style, but there are very few discussions about what that looks like for many people. So we're going to get into that once we get to know about you a little bit. So share with us and for our audience, how do you identify in the world? How do you show up? So I'm Shamari and I am a Black woman. And I am heterosexual, I have a husband. Um, but that's primarily like being a black woman, I feel like that is a large part of who I am as a person. And I am heterosexual, I'm in a heterosexual relationship, so that definitely paints um, my experience as well. But that would be how I would want people to see me and how I show up. Yes, thank you so much for sharing that. So your your work is focused on relationships and intimacy. Share with us how that became a passion for you. When did you realize, oh yeah, relationships, intimacy, that's my jam? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I think that I've always had a little bit of a curiosity when it comes to relationships. Like I remember even back to like middle school, you know, like when people have the little boyfriends or the little girlfriends. Um, or they like this person and that person. I've always been the person people would come to and ask for advice or 
to just kind of talk about their situations. And at that time, it's all like really petty stuff. But I just love I just love to help people. So like it was just yeah. so fun for me. Um, but then when I went to school, I thought that I was going to work with children. And I was like so set on that until I got to college and I was working with children. But I felt like maybe like family dynamics, because that kind of paints how children grow into adults like that's what kind of defines that and so mm-hmm. I kind of switched I switched over at that point and so I went to grad school um and I did mental health counseling and marriage marital couple and family therapy and that's mm-hmm. really when I kind of like honed in on more of the relationship type stuff when you start learning about systems and all these patterns and things that we learn all through our life and how it affects us from the moment that we're born, essentially, yes. the moment we're conceived. Um, and right. so that kind of just brought the idea to me, essentially. Um, and then I've had my own personal experiences where I have struggled with relationships or intimacy specifically, especially when it comes to sex and, and things of that sort. So my personal experience matched with kind of just always liking it anyway forced me to really see this as an opportunity to expand and do this type of coaching to help women. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that speaks to alignment, right? And connecting Mm -hmm. your innate, (laughs) you know, your innate feelings and passions to what you can do for work. I love that. I love that we have the option to do that because for Mm -hmm. some of us, this thing comes so like natural Um, But we also get to see from this, you know, point of view, how other people struggle with, you know, building healthy relationships and, you know, having healthy intimacy practices. So how often does this show up in your work? Um, How often do you see maybe partners or individuals who show up with um, their own struggles around friends with benefits and sometimes situationships? Mm -hmm. And I think that it's a lot more common, but I think that when people come to you, not the majority would not consider themselves to be in this sort of situation. They are under the impression that maybe it's something else. <laughs> so they're like, oh, we're dating. We're getting to know each other. We're talking. But eventually, like, I, they think or hope that it's going to be something different. So I think a lot of times when people come to me, it's not that they know, like, hey, I need help with friends with benefits. I want to learn how to be better in this type of relationship. Is more so I'm dealing with someone and this is what we're doing right now, um, but I want this. Um, so it's more so like a transition for a lot of people or they think that it is. So mm-hmm. I, I would say it's pretty common, but a lot of people wouldn't necessarily call it that. Yeah, that's for sure. That's mm-hmm. for sure. And I really enjoy... Um, you know, we talked about Justin Lay Miller. He's a social psychologist. He's done a lot of research and his outcomes has shown that for sometimes women, there is a hope that the relationship will progress into something more romantic in terms of coupling or, you know, maybe a full-blown relationship or marriage. You know, not everyone aspires to marriage. And sometimes for men, they see it as somewhat as, yeah, this, this is the end. This is, this is as far as it goes. So I wonder from your professional and personal experiences, how do you see it differs between the sexes? 
I think it's pretty aligned with the research and what I experience, what I see when people come to me or even just like friends um, and people that I know personally. A lot of women, um, because we have this idea in our mind that if we are the greatest woman that we can be, if we put our best foot forward, if we show this person that we can be all of these wonderful things that maybe if we want marriage, like I'm, I'm a wife, like we think that if we show them that, that they're going to notice it and be like, you know what, let's get married or, you know what, let's be in a relationship. And it's not necessarily the case with a lot of men, a lot of men, sometimes that does happen. It does. I'm married to my friends with benefits. Um, so sometimes <laughs> that happens, but, yeah. um, most men anyway if they're telling you like this is what i feel and this is how i see things they're a lot better in my experience at sticking to their boundaries than women are mm. so if they tell you that this is how they see things and that's what it is then most of the time that's exactly what they mean and that yeah. doesn't often change the way that women change their minds yeah yeah that is so real that is so real. But I wonder, like, what are some of the issues do you see that also show up in, in these situations? Yeah, I think a lot of it goes back to kind of like what we mentioned before, just the patterns that you know, like you observe first when you're a child, but then also you kind of grow into patterns over time based on your experiences. So for a lot of people that I experience that have these sort of situations and they struggle with it, because there's some people who do it and they have a great time and it's not a bad thing. Yeah, um, but for some people, <laughs> they struggle with it because they have attachment issues or maybe they have different expectations. They can't verbalize what their needs or what their wants are. Or maybe they had a bad past experience and yes. maybe I like maybe he agreed to be in a relationship. So now this woman is kind of forcing him to fit in a box he never wanted to fit in and it didn't work out. So now they're thinking, okay, if he's saying, let's just go with the flow, I'm just going to go with the flow and I'm going to wait. And so sometimes it's a little bit of that, that insecurity or that worry about whether or not he's going to stick around. If I say anything, like I'm, I'm no longer comfortable with this, but if I say anything, I'm not going to get what I want and I want him. So I'm just going to kind of go along with it. So it's a lot of that just kind of that pattern and the more that we sit in it and stick to that the longer it goes on the more that we're just reinforcing that pattern so it's really about kind of figuring out who you are as a person because like I said some people do this and they love it and it's not a problem it doesn't Mm -hmm. pose any issues in their life but if you're not that type of person don't force yourself or someone else to fit in this box um, that they don't fit in. Yeah. And I'm also hearing that, you know, self-betrayal shows up there too, because you know, for you, that this is going to disrupt you in some way. But I think also maybe just holding on to that hope that it will change. There is some self-betrayal and some own, I mean, some boundary violations there for you, because you know for sure that this is not what you want, you know? And yeah. So I wonder, like, you know, I would love to share, you know, some of my experiences, but I wonder what, what has your experience been with um, Friends of Benefits? So I've done it a couple of ways. And this is why I tell people, like, I can, I can tell you, obviously, I'm a therapist and a relationship and intimacy coach. I can tell you, kind of give you some guidance and guide you along the way from that perspective. But I've also been in it myself. So mm-hmm. I've done it. I've done it different ways. So before, like one way, obviously, just strictly physical, like we don't necessarily hang out 
we don't have a lot of other kind of interactions, maybe in group settings, if we have like similar social groups, but it's not like we're hanging out all the time. We're not talking on the phone all the time. We're not texting all the time. It's not intimate in that way. It's just, hey, are you up? Hey, do you have some time? <laughs> and then, and then we just, you, you know, right, right. So you get that you up text, you know, you know what's going to happen, right? So I've done it that way. And like I said, if that's all that you want and that's the expectation that you set and you're both continually talking about this and staying on that page, it can absolutely work. Like it worked. And then when it was done, it was just done. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like I said, I also married my friends with benefits. So mm-hmm. it started out that way. And I think that it started that way because we were trying to get to know each other. But in trying to get to know each other, we actually became legitimate friends, hang out a lot. We would talk on the phone, we would mm-hmm. text each other. And so it kind of crossed over into more dating or courting, whatever yeah. you want to call mm-hmm. it. So at that point, it became a little bit more than what I would do previously. So obviously mm-hmm. that makes it a little bit easier for feelings to develop. We're sharing all this time. We're sharing all yeah. these details about each other. Each That's other. where intimacy mm-hmm. is it. That's intimacy yeah. right there. So mm-hmm. that goes beyond just physical so that's when people tend to have the most difficulty is when they start to cross that line and they don't really have a conversation about it. And my husband and I didn't necessarily do it the best way. It took us a very long time to even have that conversation. Mm-hmm. But once we did, it became a lot easier because yeah. if you're harboring those feelings, hoping, waiting, wishing, mm-hmm. like you said, it's self-betrayal. You're just putting yourself in a difficult situation because you mm-hmm. can't even enjoy what's going on because you have all of these feelings yeah yeah and I've had seasons thanks for sharing your your your, you know your own personal experience um I am a relationship gal Um, my relationships tend to go long term but in between relationships I do enjoy having a person right that I mean my sexual self-care is important to me you know if I have a partner that I know is going to satisfy those needs. I like to know that I have access to that, right? And what I see too is for a lot of persons, friends and benefits show up a lot in college. Um, of course, college is, is the place to, <laughs> to have all these fun experiences. I call that, you know, all part of our, you know, our adolescence and, and growing. We're learning, right? Those social right. things. Um, and for me, that's where I had some of those experiences. and. Yes, I feel like it's sometimes I I did fantasize about wanting more, but I was also a person who was in the moment, you know. This was fun, you know, I enjoyed it. Um, but also I was also very aware that at the end of college, people go different ways, right. you know. So I wasn't really stuck to an outcome. Um, what I see sometimes is that persons really get stuck with the outcome, you know, like, I I don't know, maybe I'm designed differently, (laughs) but I am okay with enjoying the moments and accepting things as they go as is. Um, And that worked for me. That worked for me at the time. But I think it it can be such a great way to have relationships. Because oftentimes I think for a lot of persons, we have this belief that everyone will be coupled up. I feel like mm-hmm. that there is some ableism and some privilege in thinking that everyone is yeah. going to get to marriage. Everyone is going to get to a place where they will have a person. 
when in actuality, no. So I like to encourage our listeners to be open-minded about relationships. I do have some very strict boundaries about people in other relationships. You know, I believe that there should be open conversations if you're wanting to explore uh, polyamory or open marriages. They need to have some really healthy conversations about that. But in, in real life, I think there are so many ways to have relationships and I want for persons to invite creativity in the way they want to do relationships. That's that's kind of what I hope for, <laughs> you oh, know, for yeah. people listening as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why whenever I work with anyone, I always say that you have to know yourself. So mm-hmm. ultimately, get to know yourself, what you genuinely want, what your desires are, what your needs are, and kind of break down some of the things that we're taught because a lot of times, The messaging that we're given, we just accept it as true. And I tell people to question everything. Question me. Like, you working with me, but question me. Like, question everything. And Mm -hmm. think about what you truly believe and what resonates as true for you. So Mm -hmm. if you're the type of person who needs to be in a monogamous relationship, who wants to be married, there's nothing wrong with that. But you need to make sure that what you're doing aligns with what you believe. If you're the type of person that believes that we should not, have to be monogamous that it's it's good and great to share our love with other people then do what aligns with that and make sure that you're having these conversations so that you're involving yourself with someone who has at least a similar view maybe not the same because everyone's not the same but at least a similar view on things so that you guys can stay in alignment together if that's your goal mm-hmm. yeah i love that i love that So it brings me to my next question. Um, How would you describe a successful friends with benefit relationship? And how can partners or individuals attain that? If, if, yes, yes, if that's a possibility. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, I think that if I'm thinking about success in terms of this sort of setup, it would have to be something that's mutually beneficial. Um, And so in that, um, not necessarily like, as far as the numbers being, so like you had this number of orgasms, I need to have this number of <laughs> orgasms. Yeah. It, like, you know, not like that, but in that you're both getting a need met. Um, You're both feeling like you're on the same page and that there's clear communication, which is what it yes. takes. It takes that clear communication and boundaries and sticking to those boundaries. If you change, your feelings change because that happens. So in the beginning, maybe you're all for friends with benefits and it's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be with you. It's fine. Let's do this. And then over time, if it's a month or two later and you're realizing, hey, you know what? I kind of like this person. At that time, bringing up the conversation again, things change. It's okay if that happens. We're humans. It it can happen when you're in close proximity with someone. It, it's possible, you know? So Having a conversation at that point and communicating like, hey, I know we agreed to this, but this is how I'm feeling now. And seeing if they're on the same page, then, okay, maybe we can discuss what the next step would be. And if they're not, then knowing that it is okay to walk away from that. Because if they're not on the same page, you want a relationship and they don't, forcing them to be in a relationship is not going to produce a successful relationship. So um, just that clear communication so that all parties are benefiting in a similar way. Yeah. And, you know, that takes me to just check-ins, you know, having 
a check-in at some point, you know, hey, we've been doing this for a while. How are you feeling about what's going on with us? You know, do you feel like you might want more or less or, you know, I don't know, like there's so many questions you can bring up in a check-in just to know that you feel secure and and safe. I mean, safety is a big thing there too um, in what you're doing, you know. And now for a quick break from our sponsor. So if you know me, I don't just talk about relationships and sex. I talk a lot about podcasting. I work with mentees who are wanting to start podcasts. And I talk a lot about how important it was for me to use a platform like Zencaster from the beginning. Zencaster provides crystal clear sound gorgeous HD video. It also offers separate tracks, which makes it so much easier for my producer to edit the podcast. Not to mention, it is easy to use. Even for guests who aren't even tech savvy, there's nothing to download. You just click the link and we start recording. That's how simple it is. And I connect with guests from all over the world. Zencaster has made this whole podcast project possible. So go ahead, check out the discount link in the show notes and get started. Why not? So let's let's explore some rules, boundaries, and, and expectations. Um, what would that look like from your experiences and your work? Yeah, so I definitely think, obviously, safety, like you mentioned, is definitely of great importance and so I always tell people make sure that you're getting tested um, before engaging in any sort Mm -hmm. of sexual activity and I know in the real world we don't always do that but I always always am going to be on the side of caution and safety so Mm -hmm. if you are not sure the last time that they got tested um, even if you got tested yesterday I always say recommend going together at the same time, obviously the doctors are not going to tell you what their results are, but at least you know that you guys went on Wednesday. Like, you yeah. know, for sure their last test was on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then from there, hopefully if they, if they want to be with you intimately, they're going to, they're going to tell you what their results are and hopefully they're mm-hmm. honest. Um, and so that's kind of what I recommend as far as that safety first, mm-hmm. always. Um, yeah. But then also discussing kind of exclusivity, like, mm-hmm. are we only going to be with each other can we date other people what are the limitations yes. around that what does that look like because ultimately comes back to safety if you're going to be with other people how am I to know that I'm going to be safe and that like my physical health my medical health is going to be safe um mm-hmm. so that's a conversation that you need to have it's not that you're being territorial in any way you just need to know I need to know ahead of time to make a decision about whether or not I'm okay mm-hmm. with this. Um, and so I think that's definitely important. Um, and then as far as like how often um, you you are going to be engaging in this sort of arrangement, um, if there's only specific times that you're going to talk, or like I said, the you up text, like what the limitations are around that communication. Um, that's just a trigger for me. It brings me back. <laughs> <laughs> you up. You up. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. So like, what are what do you need um, as far as that communication mm-hmm. and how often the safety, the exclusivity? I think those are kind of at the base of things, and that should happen before anything physical happens. Mm-hmm. I, ideally, in an ideal mm-hmm. world, 
I know it don't work like that <laughs> all yeah. the time. All the time, yeah. But but if you can't, that's what I would recommend doing first. I love that. Good. What about like, I mean, I guess it would fall under exclusivity. Um, do we disclose that to friends and family? You know, like, you know, there's always that thing about how 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 do I introduce you? Like, you know, so I wonder. Mm. What do you see with that? And I, and I guess that's a personal preference too, depending on how yeah. that friendship is set up. Mm-hmm. A little bit, a little bit of that. So I think that for some people, like they don't mind. I think sometimes it depends on who your friends and family are, mm-hmm. right? Or what the setting is. Because if yeah. I'm at if I'm at a work function and you're there, I'm just gonna be like, oh, this is my friend. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, I, I just I just know him. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not. I'm like, we're, I'm not gonna give you that information. But I think that for some people, if you have a very understanding friends and family, like it's not even really a big deal to be like, mm-hmm. you know, this is what the situation is. This is my friend with benefits. Um, I feel like I've introduced. <laughs> I like, like I mean, they know ahead of time. If you're like my real yeah. friend, and they yeah, know, of course, you're real like, friend. You know, so you kind, you kind of know. Um, so yeah. I could just say his name, and then you're like, oh, okay, and like it's kind of understood. But I think that it, it comes down to what you feel comfortable with, but also what they feel comfortable with. Maybe if I'm meeting your family or your friends and we're in a situation, I don't want you to call me that. Maybe yeah. I don't want I don't want to be seen in a way because sometimes people have a perception of what that's like. People think, oh, that type of person does this. So I wouldn't want that to be painted of me. So just making sure that you understand like what that person wants, what they feel comfortable with, but also what you feel comfortable with and kind of meeting the two together. Yeah. And and all that is part of that conversation you want to have. Mm-hmm. Um, cause yeah, cause when we meet in public, that's something that we want to know. How do we deal with that? Do we act like we don't know each other? Like those, right. those are really important things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love that. So what are some issues do you feel can induce the end? of a friends of benefit relationship the unrequited <laughs> feelings that tend to come up that mm-hmm. is kind of usually the main thing so if it's a situation where someone isn't being honest with themselves or that other person and, and those feelings come up and maybe your behavior changes because subconsciously we act in alignment with how we feel or the thoughts that we're having. So mm-hmm. even if I never told you that I like you, my behavior changes based <laughs> on the fact that I do like you. And so yeah. sometimes that can kind of push the other person away. If they're not on that same page, mm-hmm. um, that can cause some arguments, that can cause some disagreements, that can cause wanting to put distance between. So that tends to be one of the main things that happens, unfortunately, because we're not having those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, it's typically like, okay, it's just not convenient anymore. Maybe the distance, mm-hmm. um, if it was a college thing and yeah. we're graduating, like no, we're leaving, it's over. Yeah. Um, or even if I just meet someone else. So like if I'm comfortable with the friends with benefits situation, but then I meet this really great person mm-hmm. right. and now I want to date them. Like I want mm-hmm. to be with them. and ethically for me, if, if it was me, I wouldn't feel comfortable still pursuing the friendship right. benefits and, mm-hmm. and trying to create a relationship with right. another person. Your person. So, some, mm-hmm. so sometimes that is also the thing to you kind of meet someone who's willing to give you what you want if yeah. you want a relationship. Mm-hmm. So 
those are kind of the main reasons that I see, but definitely the unrequited love sort of thing is the biggest. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So there are variations in how persons have sex with friends with benefits versus romantic couples and partners. What do you see? What, what trends do you notice? <laughs> yeah, so I that kind of goes along with what I was hinting at before, like with I wouldn't want to be seen a certain way just because of the mm-hmm. title that you have given yeah. me. So I think that, and this is especially true from my experience with men, men will treat you a little bit differently. So not necessarily negatively, but the way that a man approaches a woman that they're wanting to marry when it comes to sex mm. tends to be different than someone that they just want to have sex with. Mm. And for them, in their minds, they rationalize it because this is my wife. And if usually for most people, not all people, but most people, mm-hmm. if they are wanting to build a life with a person, typically they hold them on a different pedestal. Maybe they want to have kids mm-hmm. with them and they don't want the mother of their children to to be someone that they treated in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe it's more like a a self-conscious sort of thing. Like if I mm-hmm. treat you this way and then later on you become this in my life. Now, mm-hmm. like maybe I feel ashamed or embarrassed of what I've done previously. Yeah. It's just, it's very psychological because ultimately sex is sex. You can have sex the same way, no matter, like, you know, like it could be, your friend, it can be someone you're just dating, it could be a one night stand, it could be your wife. The acts that you do don't have to be different just based right. on the mm-hmm. the title that this person has yeah. in their life. But I think that for men especially, that's kind of what they express. And that's something that we kind of have to the patterns kind of figure out where is that coming from, reconfigure mm-hmm. that. Um because a lot of times they they like the Holes or the sluts, the people that you just kind of have mm-hmm. your one night stands with, or you meet at the end of the club, you have sex with them very differently than like yeah. making love to the woman you mm-hmm. want to be with for your life, and yeah. just feeling like you have to close off certain acts because it's disrespectful yeah. or it's too rough or too intense mm-hmm. for someone who is my wife. So I feel like it's it's very very significant with men. Women, I don't see that as much as far as the huge differences. Mm-hmm. It's mostly the men. Yeah, that is that is so interesting. And even in um, Justin's study, there's one that, you know, showed up as, you know, in Friends with Benefit situation, there's less kissing. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's less kissing and more, you know, more physical stuff. And I mean, that's something to really, you know, pay attention to, right? In those type of situations. And it just it just varies. There's such a vast, you know, gap, you know, between what what that looks like. But also we see that when, you know, the men who maybe settle for, I don't know, maybe more conservative women, they, they tend to also want some of that freeness or I guess, freaky or wildness, you know, in, in their lives. So I wonder if they too have been true to themselves as to what they want. Because, I mean, we know for sure that some marriages end because it's sexless or it's become boring. Um, yeah, so I wonder I, if they I too love can that. Be, yeah. <laughs> that I, no, yeah, because it makes so much sense. It's like 
if you want, like if this is the type of sex that you like, if you're a kinky person or if you're a freaky mm-hmm. person and you like, that's what you genuinely enjoy. But then because you have this perception of what a wife or a girlfriend should be, pick someone who is not that. And then later you're, you're frustrated sexually because you're not getting what you want. And it's like, you chose this because of the perception mm-hmm. of it, not taking into consideration what you genuinely enjoy. Like, who says you can't have freaky sex with your wife? Like, why is that a thing? Like, mm-hmm. where did that come from? What, yeah. where, who put this thought in your head? And right. Mm-hmm. What makes you accept that as having to be the truth? Yeah. So it goes back to socialization. It's cause for a lot of persons' religion. <laughs> so there are yeah. lots of underlying themes that, that show up there, especially for what, what marriage should look like. And also, there are also trends that friends with benefits, um, they're also just more adventurous, like a lot of BDSM and, um, you know, just different types of sex happens in, in yeah. that type of atmosphere. So that's something people can explore more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I also know that sometimes friendship benefits don't just end there. Sometimes it becomes a situation where someone has gotten pregnant. Um, you know, like now we have to raise a family and we did not intend for this to be a relationship. So how do we navigate co-parenting? You know, and I'm not saying it's impossible. Some people do that in a healthy way. Um, but what have you seen there? Um, have you seen the good, the bad, the ugly? <laughs> I think that definitely when those situations happen where you kind of slip up, where you, you create a situation that you didn't want, um, mm-hmm. that's when kind of all the questioning comes into mind. Mm-hmm. And then it can definitely build resentment. Um, mm-hmm. because it's like you put me in this situation, even though we both made the decision to do right. it. Like, so we, we both kind of mm-hmm. made the decision to put ourselves mm-hmm. in that situation. But I think that it does become difficult um, just because if you weren't super great with boundaries and friends with benefits, now you're going to have a crash course and figure out what it is. If you want to successfully be able to co-parent or to Mm -hmm. even just be within the same space because Mm -hmm. you're going to be linked regardless if you like it or not, you are. So this person. So you now have this time period to figure out what the boundaries are between the two of you, but then also mm-hmm. this new life that you're bringing in and the families, because now your families are going to be involved because they're now, they have a new family member. So yeah. it's like you have this short time period to figure out all of these boundaries, have all of these conversations, all of these logistics. Um, so it's definitely difficult because it's difficult mm-hmm. to figure out your own that ba- like my own boundaries, just me and yeah. you together, like two people figuring out boundaries. Yeah. That's difficult. But mm-hmm. now adding all of these other layers to it, it does get mm-hmm. very difficult. It can definitely happen. Um, obviously, yeah. people do it, but it's just a lot more work <laughs> and it's a lot more um, of a short time period because ideally you want to figure out at least most of that. You're not going to figure everything out. Some, some yeah. things you learn along the way, mm-hmm. but you want to at least have the basics down and be on the same page before mm-hmm. you bring the baby into the world, yes. right? Yeah, and I mean, that adds another layer to the conversations we should be having along the way and in our check-ins. What if pregnancy comes up? You know, do we have an abortion? You know, because suddenly right. we have a choice. Um, do we see ourselves as people who are ready to be parents? You know, there's just so much that comes up there. Um, and yes, there are successful co-parenting situations, but you also want a healthy relationship for your child and you want to model 
you know, relationship, right? right? right. Um, you don't want to bring them into something chaotic or something you know mm-hmm. for sure. It's going to be a strain on you and also just where you are in life. You know, are you able yeah. to be a parent? You know, can you do single parenting? There's just mm-hmm. so much that also comes up there. And I'm not saying it's impossible. You know, I was, you know, I was born in the Caribbean. So we, we've seen a lot of single mothers do things and for some women they can do it, but for some, you know, it's too much. It's too much to handle on your, on your own. Mm-hmm. Any final words for our audience? Um, we're kind of wrapping up. This is such a good oh, conversation. Yeah. Um, but any final words, anything else that comes up for you as we talk about the successes and, you know, some of the challenges of Friends with Benefits? Yeah, I just want to reiterate that you have to know yourself. So if you don't, if you're not sure, if you think that, oh, maybe I can do it, maybe, I don't, I don't really know, maybe, um, really sit with yourself and ask yourself a lot of questions, like, what are your values? What is important to you? What do you believe about relationships? What do you believe? Like, what is your ideal relationship? What is your ideal situationship? Like, what would that look like if you were to do it? And really be honest with yourself as far as what you can do. So if I am the type of person, if I'm a relationship person, I'm just a relationship person. And I can always try to not be that. But if it doesn't feel like it aligns with who I am, if it feels uncomfortable, if I'm always struggling, that's a sign that maybe that's not for me. And a lot of times we try to overlook that and we try to push it aside and like, oh, no, I can still do this. We'll be fine. We'll eventually this will evolve or eventually it'll all be fine. Um, It doesn't necessarily work that way. If we're creating the relationship, we are the one that is in charge. Like the the people involved, we build it. So if you're not being honest with yourself on your end, the foundation's not going to be very strong. So you have to be honest with yourself. And regardless of what that is, you're not wrong for feeling the way that you feel or being the way that you are. You're not wrong. That's who you are. It's fine. Everyone's different though. So just making sure that you're being honest with yourself first and foremost before you bring anybody else into it. And then also having the confidence to share that with someone else. So whether or not they agree, I'm going to tell you what my truth is. And if we're on the same page, then let's do it. If we're not, there's someone else out there. If you want someone else, I'm sure there's so many people in this world. Like, <laughs> right. you can find someone else who agrees with you and feels yeah. similarly. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I I just really wanted to put this conversation out because I know as we're going into summer, you know, we've been locked in, locked up for a while. Everyone's going out this summer, traveling, having fun. And I know there's going to be a lot of casual sex and hookups and lots of friends with benefits situations coming from that. And um, I just want to know that our listeners, our audience, just have some tools, have some questions that are coming up for them as they decide on how they're going to get their sexual needs met. You know, (laughs) it's so uncommon to have sex with friends, but we want to be sure that we're, like you said so many times, knowing yourself, knowing your values and what you can actually cope with and and tolerate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so tell our audience how they could schedule an appointment with you. If you have any products, feel free to share that with them. Okay, so yes, I do have uh, a couple of things. So 
right now I am doing clarity calls. Um, so if you would like to speak with me for free, um, just to kind of identify more about what your goals are when it comes to relationships and intimacy to kind of clarify what that is and give you a, like a vision or mm-hmm. kind of like an outline to how you can actually reach those goals. Sometimes mm-hmm. we say we want we want to work on something, but we don't really know how to do it. Um, so I can help with that. Um, I also have a course. It's called Better Sex Guide to Confidence, Satisfaction, and Orgasms Without Faking. So <laughs> if you struggle with your confidence, if you struggle with relationship satisfaction, communication, your boundaries, um, or if you have difficulty finding pleasure, orgasms, um, the course kind of walks you through the process of figuring out all of those things to make it so that you're able to get what you really deserve because we all deserve right. to be confident. We all deserve pleasure. We all, whatever that looks like for you, it's different for yes. everyone, but we, we all deserve that. We deserve it. So, um, if you go to my easy tree, then that is all linked there. I have a few freebies as well. So if you're just looking for some other content you can get for free, that's available as well. Um, but the course is 50% off. Um, and I'm going to leave it 50% off for a little while. Just because I, I think um, with all the recent like social media stuff where people admitting to faking orgasms, it kind of really frustrated me. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I was like 50% off because we need to figure out what you like and get you what you like. You deserve it. Yeah. You need it. It's important. Well, thank you so much for this uh, wonderful, insightful conversation today. Um, It was a pleasure chatting with you, and I look forward to having more conversations like this. Yes, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun. Yes, I enjoyed it. I got a few laughs and some um, memories from this conversation. (laughs) Yeah, all righty. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Her Sexual Space podcast powered by Zencaster. I hope, if anything, this episode was helpful or it tickled you a little. Connect with us on socials. Of course, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram um, to keep up with what's coming next because we have another Sprinkle episode loading soon. Thank you so much and catch you next time. Bye-bye.